If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, please reach out. There are support groups out there. You are not in this fight alone. One of the peer support groups that I can think of um, is the brothers and sisters over at Next Rung. They provide peer support to first responders. Please call or text 833-698-7864. Or if you are having suicidal thoughts, again, please reach out and call 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Hi, this is John from the Truck Schmucks Podcast. And before we jump right into the episode, I would like to take this time to thank our sponsors. First being Chief Miller. Head over to ChiefMillerApparel.com and check out all the cool swag he's got over there on his website. Also, don't forget to follow him on all the social media pages. Next, Firehouse Cookie Company. They got a lot of tasty treats, everything from alcohol-infused treats to edible cookie dough. For schmuck, head over to firehousecookieco.com, type in truck schmucks to receive 25% off your order. Next, I would like to thank Direct Attack Apparel. Head over to directattackapparel.com, check out all their cool swag from t-shirts to patches. Type in schmucks10 to receive 10% off. Also, I would like to welcome Stash Salt Mustache Wax, which I am super excited for to say this, the official mustache wax of the Truck Schmucks podcast. But Mr. Stash Salt also has products for you ladies. Check out the Salty Jane line from Stash Salt. Type in truck schmucks to receive 25% off. Hey everyone, welcome back to a, another great episode of the Truck Schmucks podcast. Um, in this episode, I just want to correct some information that you are going to hear in this episode. Um, um, Steph and I, um, it is just us. Uh, it's just Steph and I. Uh, Travis um, wanted, needed some family time. And, you know, family is, is the most important thing on this show. Um, and Mike, he was at work. He um, was going to join us, um, but something came up. An emergency came in, and that takes precedence over the show, which is understandable. Um, but in the episode, Steph and I, we were talking to our guest about, um, you know, the city of Boston and how I have a good friend um, that is a lieutenant on the job down there. And he was assigned to the firehouse on Huntington Ave. And that firehouse is engine 37 and ladder 26 and uh, not uh, engine 33 and ladder 26. So with that being said, let's uh, let's hop right into the episode. And this is a good one. I love this. Back to another episode of the Truck Schmucks podcast. It's really weird. I, usually, I'm not the one doing these intros. Mike's usually uh, doing them, but my turn. Um, so we have another fantastic guest. If you want to introduce yourself, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So uh, my name is Eli Held. I am a, a firefighter in California. I work for Folsom Fire Department um, in the Sacramento region, and I'm the one of the founders and the CEO of Mortos Coffee. Well, uh, thank you, Eli, for joining us on this awesome Friday night. Looks looks gorgeous out in California. Has has any of the smoke kind of dissipated in your neck of the woods? Yeah, we uh, we had the smoke dissipate, I would say, maybe a couple of days ago or last week. Um, the actual town that I'm from and live in, Vacaville, uh, was one of the less fortunate ones that was affected by the LMU complex and basically the whole backside of uh, our town burned to the ground and um, and I was actually off duty and able to save my parents home in the country and uh, 
not so fortunate for some of my family friends and some of my best friends that lost all their stuff. But uh, that's a it's a good thing that um, I was home and able to step up for my family. But I've been able to step up and help my family's friends and my friends and, and really help raise money and do some cool stuff out here. So, yeah, I, awesome stuff. Yeah, I I, I love like when I actually found you guys on Instagram, I was like, I love coffee. And then I started really looking in and then you guys do a lot for the community. I'm like, I got to get behind these guys. And, and that's usually what I look for in companies that I personally want to support is like, what are you doing with everything? You know, just being kind of like, Hey, give me me. Just putting out a product. Yeah. Just, yeah. Thank you, Steph. Like putting on a product, like what am I doing with, with my platform and you guys, are are killing it uh, i've seen you guys you guys post awesome news footage of every time you guys are on the news and it's always something to do with the community and giving back to the community so i absolutely love that what you guys are doing out there appreciate that i mean it's kind of uh, the basis of what we wanted this business to be about um not only is coffee a huge in the fire service and obviously a big deal at the at the table um when we're on duty but off duty it's a great platform for us to build around community and really getting people involved and backing each other and uh, making a difference. And so we always wanted to strive on putting our, you know, our business in the right direction by making a difference for whether it's victims of fire or individuals in need. Um, and then obviously we always try to step up for the brothers and sisters in the fire service and first responder community in any way possible as well. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun and we look forward to continuing to make a difference in the communities and around the nation. Yeah. That's right? fantastic, man. Yeah. I, I know with our little circle that we started to build and now just seeing our show sponsors getting involved with you guys, it's, it's kind of nice. I'm, Holy shit. I feel like I did a little part of introducing, you know, direct attack apparel to you guys and stash salt to you guys. I'm like, man, I, I feel like I was part of that or we are a part of that. Not just I, uh, but it's just um, <laughs> our, <Back down. laughs> oh, I, I fucking hate it. Cause I take care of the, I take care of the Instagram. So it's like, I, I share a lot. Um, but so you mentioned you were part of the Folsom Fire Department. Any um, kind of correlation to the awesome Johnny Cash song, Folsom Prison Blues? Yeah, so uh, Folsom, Folsom Prison's in our first due. Uh, we run a lot of calls into the prison. Um, at Folsom Fire, we have, uh, you know, obviously engine and trucks, but we also have medics and we run into. Uh, stabbings, shootings, I mean, you name it for Folsom Prison all the time. So I've been in and out of old Folsom and I've been uh, actually in the hall where if you watch his documentary, where he's doing his uh, his whole entire, you know, um, live show. I've been in that hall multiple times, not for live shows, but uh, for other <laughs> for other reasons, um, but also have been to, you know, new Folsom where they have a huge state-of-the-art brand new prison and it's a uh, it's smack dab right in the middle of the community and so it's it's pretty cool to go there uh, I mean if you look at pictures on you know let's say Google or whatever it's it's pretty monumental the way that it was built back in the days and uh, and what it looks like now it's definitely picture worthy um, when you're there I try not to do that on on emergency calls uh, but uh, but it's one of those things where you roll up and you're like it's at night it's dark it's you know, it's eerie. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So we've, we've had some, uh, some of our fair share of uh, stabbings and shootings and all sorts of other things, but it's a, it's a cool place to run calls and, and it's a cool opportunity that we get to, you know, be able to go into a prison and, and deal with different types of patients like that when we are on duty. Be honest though, your first time, your first call there, were you shitting bricks or? Um, <laughs> Well, I don't know if I would say shit and bricks. You you don't have an engine or a truck with you. So if it's a critical call, you're rolling in basically by yourself, uh, you and your partner on the medic. Um, so you're definitely have less people and less hands to do the, do the work you need to. So it's more of like, okay, what do we need to get done? How do we need to treat this patient? How do we need to handle, you know, our care. And then on top of that, are they like, is it load and go? Are we getting out of here with this guy? And if we are, then we always, you know, are calling for help. And usually an engine or a truck will meet us at the front gates because they can't fit into the prison because um, of how the stuff's built up. And so the engine and trucks will meet us at the exit. And then it's code three to whatever trauma center that we're jamming to. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, 
so when I first started, yeah, a couple of the first couple calls, you're kind of nervous or not sure what you're going to get. Um, but you're never, you're never sure what you're going to get there because I've seen some crazy weird stuff at that place. Um, and so, and the staff at that place, as far as medical staff, you just, you never know what you're going to get. We'll leave it at that. Like it's been, it's a lot of fun and, uh, you're always on your toes. So you mentioned real quick, you mentioned that like an engine because of the construction that an engine or, or a truck couldn't get through what happens for a fire call. So they have their own, um, they have their own fire department at the prison. Um, it's staffed with, let's say 20 inmates. And then they have a CO, a correction officer that's on duty daily. Um, we actually train their uh, fire department and teach them everything that they need to know about all sorts of different stuff, whether it's wildland or structure or medicals. So we get to interact with inmates and, you know, kind of teach them the way of pulling some fire and how we do things. Um, but then on top of that, um, we get to train with them. And if there's a, a fire, grass fire, where they can help and be a part of it, they'll actually get dispatched out as a hand crew and be able to come and get to work and stuff. So it's cool. It's, a, it's camaraderie. I mean, most of the guys that are doing that anyways are very low risk and actually really, really cool guys. So help, uh, help them train, help them work um, on, you know, building their skills. And it also leads to some possible opportunities when they get out. You never know. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, a total like mentorship kind of it's there's like two benefits to it, which is impeccable. Like that's that's crazy um, to think to work alongside someone who is an inmate. But at the same time, like there's still a human deep down and, you know, um, we just made a bad decision one day. But that's that's pretty cool because, you know, you're teaching them a skill set that, like you said, can be brought to, um, you know, real life on the outside, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and I think a lot of those guys, I mean, or girls, they can be put in situations like we're talking, you know, where they make a mistake. And sometimes that fire program is their bridge gap where they're like, okay, cool, I wanna do this when I get out. Obviously there's restrictions to, you know, getting hired in certain places or certain areas with, uh, with their history, but there's opportunities outside of, you know, prison with them getting involved whether it's with the forest service cal fire i mean there's plenty of hand crews all over the nation especially on the west coast with the wildfires and stuff that we deal with on a year-to-year -year basis that are progressively getting worse um that they have opportunities to jump into and it, it's something um that we we use all over the state and california has uh hand crews that work for cal fire in every region of uh, of cal fire all over california so um, pretty cool, and we work cohesively with them year-round, so it's pretty awesome. Very cool. That's sick. I, I, I was, I'm listening. I'm like, how, how freaking cool is it that a prison is so damn big that you need your own damn fire department? Um, but, and I'm kind of like, it's pretty common in California. Really? Pretty common. See, learn something new. This is why we do this podcast. So we learn something. Um, but kind of yeah, pretty common out here. And like I was saying, like the, the, um, the cruise, it's, it's one of those things. And, and like I was saying, my hometown Vacaville, we have a prison here and they have a, they have a hand crew and a crew that works at that one as well. Um, and so it, it's just a cool opportunity. If I would, if I was in that position, I would jump on that opportunity. I think it'd be great. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm kind of like sitting here, I'm like, man, I, the stories that I've read and heard about Folsom kind of backing up to old Folsom, you know, you're, you're standing in the hall where at one Johnny cash performed two, inspired Merle Haggard to become, you know, one of the highway men. So I'm like, Oh man, just being a, a country music fan myself. I'm like, Oh man, there's the, so much history just sitting in that one little room and, uh, so I'm like, oh man, I, I kind of want to go out there <laughs> just to see, just the, yeah, it's pretty cool. It, did they turn old Folsom into uh, uh, like a museum or, or anything? No, no, no. It's, it's an active prison for sure. Uh, no, no museum, nothing like that. There is, there is parts of it that have, they have like a historic museum type spot that you can go to. Um, but yeah, it's all active, all the old, 
the old Sally port and all the stuff for entrance is still active. And we go through that one for the old and we go through the new one, um, a different direction for that one. Um, so everything's still, still as it was back then, they just have built up as, you know, communities have grown and uh, population has grown in California. So. Wow. Interesting. So that's what I mean. I can't all imagine having like, sorry, John, go ahead. Nope. I, I was, I was going to ask you if all your questions about the uh, Folsom was, was answered. I know we were talking off air and you were like, I have, I have lots of questions. Yeah. Oh. No, that, that was pretty sick. I, I love how it, there's like a kind of mentorship program that comes out of that and, you know, involuntarily, but. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of grass surrounding in that area too. So it's a great opportunity for not only us to train, but to help them train too. So it's, it's really cool, but it's a cool opportunity to work there um, as at any fire department, but it's also a cool opportunity to be involved with those guys and teach them. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Teaching them just a skill so they have the opportunity to come out of prison with that skill set and be like, all right, I had a lot of fun doing this first season. Let's make a job out of this. And out, I mean, out, out in California, I mean, you could probably make a career out of it for a little bit until essentially the job tears your body apart um, because there's just so much tugging and pulling and walking. And I, I'm sure it does some awesome things to the knees, back, you know, you, you name the body part. And I know a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how familiar you guys are with wildland firefighting, but there's um, – there's a lot of, I mean, being able to hike is probably the number one skill you need. Uh, being tall is uh, is a big is a big plus because um, <laughs> we'll say those guys can hike mountains a lot faster than we can with the uh, with shorter steps. Even though I'm not short, but there's the guys that are six three, six four that uh, they'll they'll hike you pretty quickly. Um, but uh, but you know it's a strenuous job. It's hot as can be out here right now. I mean we're talking 110 degrees and you're on the side of a burnt mountain and dual, dual, uh, layered gear. Like as far as you got your, your, you know, regular station, uh, gear on with your yellows over wherever you work, depending, uh, they're finally letting some places go to single layered pants, which is uh positive cause that helps people not, uh, get, uh, overheated and pass out. Um, but staying hydrated and, and getting after it is part of it. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a cool, uh, cool setting to be in, and especially when you wake up the next morning and you're overlooking mountains with the haze, and you got the sun, uh, sunrise coming up, and you're with your guys, and it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So, it, when when you said that, uh, Steph kind of looked at me and kind of gave me that that smile of hers and. <laughs> A wildland nerd. I I love everything wildland. Um, I don't know why. It's but kind of like you said, you get to. We had uh, Brandon from the Anchor Point podcast on, and uh, he uses this term a lot. You get to do hood, hood rat shit with your hood rat friends, and uh, and it's basically just like that. I would I would love to be able to just to look out over a vista with a a nice smoke haze, and then the sun coming up. I would I would snap that and. Uh, snap a picture of that in a heartbeat um because you know i got some pretty good stories <laughs> your brothers to the right i got some pretty good stories and yeah it's 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 cool man and it it's um i would say it's it's better than a glorified camping trip um because you get to do some cool stuff and get to hang out with good people um and get that camaraderie and get some opportunities to do stuff that obviously other people might not do but um but also to, you know, try to make a difference for communities and to try to stop things and protect homes. And, and that's, that's a big thing, right, is, you know, lives and property and all that stuff. But we also get to do some really cool stuff out there and see some landscape that, I mean, you're not going to drive out to the landscape that you're fighting fire on. Let's be honest, unless you're at Yosemite, which I've been at a Yosemite fire before. But, uh, but you're not going to drive out to that landscape unless you're on a fire, right? And so you get to see some cool stuff that you would never see um and get to do some pretty cool camping and and kind of 
you know, cuddle behind the rig sometimes when you need to, because it's freezing at night after you sweated your ass off all day <laughs> from working. And you, you learn the tricks of the trade, right? You always got your extra t-shirt in your, ba- in your bag and possibly your hoodie in your bag, because you don't know if you're going to spike out and be out there for 24 hours or not, uh, depending on your work schedule. But there's plenty of times where you hike miles in and if you sweat through that shirt and you don't got a, a dry shirt or a hoodie you're going to be regretting that big time and uh we've had plenty of times or i've had plenty of times where you uh you basically make do right um i think i've cuddled with more wildland hose than anybody that you know probably uh in a time of need plenty <laughs> of times where i was freezing my ass off but uh but that's part of it and it's fun and, and we we enjoy it out here um obviously to an extent oh absolutely i mean uh, you know, just looking at the numbers out there, I think at one point, 96% of Cal Fire was deployed to some type of wildland incident out there. I mean, that's 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 crazy numbers. That means you have 4% of your entire job force covering all of California. So that's... Yeah, and that's a big thing, too, is, you know, mutual aid and local government really have to step up and do their part. And so, example being, when Cal Fire was at that, you know, max capacity type situation um our department sent up a cover unit to support um the the eldorado hills region which is covered by cal fire and so that's just part of part of it you know it's mutual aid and making sure we're taking care of each other in our communities and trying to back each other um and so that's a big thing about not only the fire service but you know what marchos is about as well is back in the fire service and the first responder community and really being able to make a difference for each other in a time of need so yeah, that, yeah. I mean, brothers, you know, solid brothers doing solid brother things, as as National Fire Radio would put it. Um, but kind of back the train up a little bit. How did you get into the fire service? I mean, was your your family member in the fire like on the job, or you just kind of like the little kid, be like, "Ooh, I saw the big red fire truck. That's what I want to do." Yeah, yeah. I was actually um, out of high school, followed the footsteps of my older brother to uh, go into business, got into school for business initially. And I was like, this sucks. And uh, even though I'm in business now, right. Uh, but, uh, but got into like business and, you know, school and was like this, it, it wasn't fun for me. I was like, I don't want to sit behind a desk. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Um, and so I started looking at different avenues of, you know, what I could do. And I've always been very community involved and driven to, you know, make a difference and, and help out in any way that I could. And I got exposed to the fire service through a family friend um, that had known that I was in college and not really liking what I was doing. And he had me come do a ride along and that was it. That's all it took. And so after that, it was straight to EMT school. I dropped out of the college thing for a little bit and started attacking EMT school and then from EMT to paramedic and from paramedic to fire and working as a a paramedic in between um, as I was going to fire academy and gaining experience and then volunteering after that. And so it just kind of stacked up after that. And so I'm first gen uh, fireman. I'm sure, I'm sure I won't be the last in my family after, uh, after my service, but, uh, but I love it. I, I couldn't have picked a better career and couldn't be more stoked on where I'm at now and the opportunities that the fire service has brought to me and the, the, the relationships and the stuff that I've gained from it as well. And the stuff that I, I still continue to gain as far as, you know, the philanthropy and the um, opportunities to really be involved in stuff that's bigger than you is what it's about. And so it's the best job in the world. Like you can't really complain. I love how, um, how like firefighting for you wasn't always, you know, you knew it from the get-go, you knew it when you were young. Um, I mean, I always loved fire trucks and, you know, my dad is retired um, from the job, but I I never thought about it as a career path. And I went to school for design and I still love it. I'm still always going to be an artist and a designer, but I felt like, like the same, like my passion for it was kind of dwindling. And, um, and then I stepped put into a firehouse I was like holy shit no this is this is where I gotta be but you know my love for design has come back um into like the fire service and you know I do graphics for my department for neighboring departments um you know so on and so forth and I feel like the same thing 
it, you know, you mirror that same thing with bringing your um, business side, you know, kind of back into it, but in, in a passionate way now, it's not like a daunting thing. Like you wrapped fire around it and now it's like more, um, more driven, more passionate because of that. Yeah. And I think the big thing too, that really hit home for me um, was not only when I, you know, was already in it with EMT and paramedic, but when I did my fire Academy, I had the opportunity to be the, uh, the lead for a fill the boot fundraiser for the firefighter burn Institute in Sacramento. And that was really a big part of the philanthropy for me. And um, I currently lead Folsom fire for the fill the boot every year. Um, this year has been obviously a little scrambled, so hopefully we get to pull it off. But, um, but the years past, it's always been about building, uh, building on, you know, the camaraderie and being out there with your brothers and sisters and holding that boot and making a difference and getting the community involved and then being able to really help, whether it's the Burn Institute or Muscular Dystrophy Association, whatever it might be. And so, and I mean, that's where, you know, that's where obviously this, this guy came from. And so we were lucky, lucky enough to, uh, you know, snag that trademark and, in beverage and be able to do some cool stuff and that's really what it's about is getting out there making a difference stepping up for the brothers and sisters in the fire service and first responder community but also communities and around the nation and really you know any way that's possible and so that's where it all started for me is doing a fill the boot fundraiser and it was like this is what i want to do this is fun for me i enjoy being out there and whether my feet are blistered and i'm walking up and down the street for 10 hours 12 hours shaking a boot with you know all my buddies or you know just getting out in the community and making a difference is really what it's about so we uh, we're we're one of the only uh professions where we get to do cool shit on and off duty and people look up to us for doing that all the time you know yeah. it's it's a it's a feel good job right we got to feel good of doing stuff that's important while we're at work but we still get to do cool stuff when we're not at work and um and that's really where the camaraderie and the the opportunities come as well. You just put that like most beautifully way you could put that. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> thanks. But it, um... um, but you know, and we're, one of the topics that I was actually. What did you just show us? So it's actually K cups for it. It's called fill the boot. So in that box that he just showed us is a bunch of K cups coffee. Um. So if you have a Keurig. That's awesome. For those, uh, yeah, for, for the people who can't see what I see, um, super, super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get well, obviously K-Cups are a pretty big deal nowadays um, for people at home, especially during this when pandemic, when you can't go get a cup of coffee like a normal person would, um, or you just are that at-home coffee drinker that loads your cup up and bounces to work, which is probably 80% of the world anyways. And then they get another coffee on the way, right? Um, so like with, with coffee being the drug that it is, um, K-cups are essential uh, for a lot of people. And we have some really some really cool ones that we love and um, our consumers love. And for every cake, a big thing for us is for every K-cup you drink, you're really giving back and making a difference because it's all about donating and, and really building on, on uh, you know, using coffee as a platform to make a difference, whether it's for the fire service or the first responder community or the communities that we're, that we're working with, you know, and, um, and that's the big thing is coffee's, coffee's a platform for us to build on the camaraderie of the fire service. Yeah, and most, most firefighters, I don't want to say like, they need, need coffee. <laughs> yeah. No, so well, what, are, I, what are those that you have right there? So we have three different kinds. We have our 48 hour, which is our medium. And then, and I don't know what your guys' shifts are out there on the East Coast, but the West Coast, uh, we've moved to a 4896 schedule. And so for us, that 48 medium, which medium has more caffeine than a dark or a French roast would have, um, is kind of our higher caffeinated coffee, which is going to um, give you that longer lasting energy, right? Um, and so that's our 48 hour blend. And then we have our fill the boot, which is our dark roast. And so signifying that obviously donations and making a difference and filling that boot and giving back is a big thing. And then uh, we have our leatherhead blend and our leatherhead blend is our French roast. And that's one of the go-tos for, uh, for the brothers and sisters as well, because they all, uh, 
they all like French roast and dark roast or burnt coffee is the old the old salty <laughs> way, right? If you read the if you read the uh, if you read our box, it says all salty firefighters love a strong, bold, dark roast. That's why we decided to give them exactly what they want, whether they're on or off duty. This bold coffee is guaranteed to excite your palate with flavor. Leatherhead is dark, rich, robust, and old school, just like the tradition of the fire service. Cold. Pretty, I'm pretty cold. cool. Pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> a half pounds of Leatherhead sitting in my kitchen right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you take a sip. <laughs> Course, yeah, as you take a sip at nighttime. <laughs> Although. Yeah, what is it? It's 8 p.m. for us, and John's just sipping away. I don't know how you do, man. You know, it happened. You built up such a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and, and when you get really fancy and you really want to get kick your own ass and you really want to get the heart pumping, you start mixing flavors together. So, you know, when you have coffee left over, another company, and then you kind of grind those, it, it kicks your ass. And then when you cold brew it, then it kicks your ass. I made that one day. Yeah, I don't know if I mix different coffee brands together. It probably tastes pretty weird, but hey, do what John's you gotta do. John's a special bro. one. Uh, He's special. I did it just to finish off the. It sounds like a, that sounds like a schmuck thing to do. Sounds like a schmuck thing to do. <laughs> Shit happens, and you gotta. He knows. Egg. And I, I definitely made that mistake, and I will never do it again. Um, you know, I mixed, I finished off a bag of another brand's coffee and then I made cold brew, which if everybody knows, it kind of intensifies the caffeine content in a coffee, um, with some more toast coffee. And, uh, yeah, um, like two hours into my shift at work, my heart's going like this. I'm like, Oh no, I'm never doing this again. And yeah, my leg was jittering. I thought I was going to have a panic attack. I was like, I'm going to need a stretcher to go to main med. <laughs> Never again. I had, four, I had four ounces of cold brew two days ago at like 6.45 in the morning. I cleaned my house. The whole house. Clean. I couldn't stop. So I will never do that again. Uh, you got like, to get into the nitro stuff. Oh boy. Oh yeah. That's that's what you gotta get into, the nitro brew. And if there was a way I would do it. Um so so you you're you're a paramedic. Um so I'm sorry that you went to the crossroads and signed your soul to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I tell people so in Cal Yeah. In California it's it used to be a standard um, and not what I mean by used to be in California when I was trying to get hired as a firefighter if you weren't a paramedic it was like good luck um, on getting hired because it was you're going into you know you're going into application processes versus 10,000 people for 25 jobs and if you weren't a paramedic then you weren't providing that extra level and so they, it, the opportunity for you to get hired was slim to none. And so, um, so it used to be more of a standard where that's, it's still a standard and it, we still obviously encourage people to go to paramedic school and to always try to better yourself and, and learn more and, and continue to, you know, you know, learn the craft and all that stuff. But, but now you can get hired as an EMT, as a firefighter as well, pretty easily, um, depending on where you're trying to get hired. It's, not so much a, um, it's not so much a standard for every single agency where they're hiring more EMTs now than they used to. And so, um, so yeah, but been a paramedic since 2000, I don't know, 10. I was about to say, if he says wow. something, like, something like that. <laughs> I mean, and, and it shows, and I think we discussed it when we were all together, Steph, um, when you were here in Maine. Um, it does. It shows the level of commitment to the job. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer not every single medical call is a paramedic level call. I mean, you're essentially taking a resource away. And I don't know how many times I listen to my radio and the city that I actually live in. And they're like, yep, 
transporting to such such hospital BLS. I'm like, you essentially just took a paramedic rig out of service for somebody who could have been a basic and transported them a right. mile to the hospital. To me, not, I mean, you got to find that ratio, but I also understand you got to ha- provide the highest level of care to the community. You know, I, I'm in that, I'm in that crossroads. I'm like, do, do I really want to go to the crossroads side my soul to the devil? Um, just so I, I'm more marketable. Probably. I mean, I think in terms, I think in terms of, um, in terms of both the volunteer departments, um, which I am a part of, or any paid department, of course, you want to, you want to have the more um, experience, the more certifications, the better, obviously. Um, But yeah, you might need it to get on um, to a certain department. I know that we mentioned podcasts back that um, I visited Saratoga Springs and there is a paid department up there and the guys flat out told me they're like we're not even going to look at you unless you're a paramedic and are at least 30 years old we don't want some shit out of high you know out of college we want you to have life experience we want you to be mature we want you to have time in life um and which i i totally agree but um you know in the especially if you're in the volunteer department where they are going to pay for the classes. Like I, Monday, I start my EMT class. Do I want to do it? Not necessarily, to be honest. But you know, I know that we're putting threes across for us. That means um, you know more more manpower needed. Um, we're putting threes across over and over every single medical call. EMT needed. EMT needed. EMT. So I'm like, all right, well, I have time now. Thanks, COVID. Um, so I'm gonna you know, be more marketable. Um, and that, yeah, that could, um, provide me a paid position in a different department somewhere in the future, which is great. But so, you you know, both volunteer and paid side, it's great to be, you know, have a leg up and also, you know, be more marketable, like you said, and, and also just have more expertise on your belt. And, and that's yeah it's absolutely a standard out here for certain stuff um and i would say i mean if you don't have a fire academy or your emt in california you're not getting hired pretty much anywhere um, you can go and do a hand you can go work for a hand crew um, and get experience there which i highly suggest because that's some next level grit those guys bust their ass and they do a job that is bar none one of the hardest in wildland setting um but also, um, but getting the EMT or getting the fire academy is what's going to help you transition to, say, a municipal department for a city or for a county. Um, obviously, Cal Fire also wants you to have some type of academy if they don't put you through their own, uh, which they do certain stuff for. But having those certifications is definitely part of the process out here in California. And, uh, I mean, it's it's just once you get going, it's like, how quick can you get to the finish line? Um, but also by gaining volunteer experience and knowledge and, you know, so it's, it's, it's part of it out here for sure. I mean, knowledge, skills and abilities are always going to be the biggest thing. The KSAs, whether it's your EMT, your paramedic or your fire service background, it's continuing to build those. And, and a lot of those departments or a lot of the departments out here, are looking for those experienced life experience uh, individuals, but um, but becoming uh, becoming a firefighter nowadays, uh, there's a little bit more opportunity than there used to be when I was trying to get hired. So it's always come come prepared, come ready, willing to work, and, and ready to learn, and you're going to have opportunities open up for you. Oh, definitely. And the that goes for anyone. Uh, and the thing they don't tell you is prepared to get your balls busted at the kitchen table. And, and that's what I'm finding really hard because <laughs> I always, and I tell my, my buddy Dana this, who's m- my fire chief in another department that I'm part of. Um, you know, we came up through the fire service together. He wanted to, he wanted to go on. I'm like, I am perfectly happy riding a jump seat. And I mean, short period of time, I did ride the front seat with a red helmet. Absolutely. 
I loved part of it and I absolutely hated a lot of it. <laughs> right. but, but at the same time, I learned so much about myself and got where I was going with this. This is the reason why you shouldn't drink coffee, kids, and you have ADHD. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, I'm like, I just fucking lost my own train of thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, just get your ball, be prepared to get your balls busted and get comfortable being uncomfortable in this job because you're going to see a lot of things that you probably never thought you were going to see. Like grandma naked you know, on the bathroom floor. You're going to see that. Or, you know, the horrendous car crashes. I don't, I'm not sure yeah, in your area if you have a major highway. Um, but I know when I got started in yeah, service, um, we had a major highway that was the deadliest stretch in New Hampshire. There was at least one, on average one fatal car crash a week. Yeah, not in not in my first thing. Um, in Folsom, do we have a highway like that? But in my backyard, we have Highway 12. And uh, let's just say they didn't have barriers blocking the two-way highway for a long, long time. And it's a crazy stretch, to say the least. I've seen plenty of uh, pictures and everything else from from that spot and uh, and know plenty of my buddies that work in that region that have been on on big calls. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, the ball busting the fire service and having thick skin and uh, and being able to take constructive criticism and build off of that is uh, is a big thing, right? Um, and so that's one thing I always try to tell the younger the younger people coming up or anybody that's wanting to get in the fire services, you know, you know, keep your, keep your mouth shut, your ears open and be ready to learn. But the constructive criticism and the ball bus is part of it. And if they're not doing that to you, it's because they don't like you. So you better start figuring that one out because that's the yeah. reality of the job. Right. That is very uh, true. But yeah. It's, it's one of those things like learn how to, you know, take the punches and eventually when you're off probation, you'll be able to throw some back. But, um, but until then, take constructive criticism and learn what you, what you can and, and uh, keep your mouth shut and your, uh, and your ears open. So. Yep. Um, I know, I know a Boston Lieutenant. Um, he's a fairly decent friend of mine. Um, you know, that's what he tells everybody when they're, they put on Facebook, Hey, I just got hired at such, such department. He's like, one, find a meal that you're really good at cooking Two, keep your mouth shut for the first five years and keep your ears open for the first five years. And those are his, his big tips. And I'm like, yes, somebody who gets it. And, and, you know, you know, Roger is really good at, at mentoring folks. Um, you know, he's been on a lot of busy departments in Boston and I believe it was engine 33 and ladder 26, which is Huntington Ave, which they cover a fairly decent section of Boston. Um, so their first, I believe their first due at Fenway, somebody who's fact check us. It's okay. <laughs> okay with that um but yeah they are i mean we're talking about that old historic with the they, arches so no that's that's ladder 15 um so it's huntington yes Ave. yeah um so mike uh, they're down the road from <laughs> so mike just tech mike just messaged me so sorry huntington ave covers uh northeastern university and i believe they're first due at fenway they're part of that fenway district of boston yeah. So parts of uh, New England you didn't get to see when you were here. Do you have any more questions? I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Oh, my notes, my. Uh, your notes are staring me right in the face. Eli gave um, the guys con constructive criticism because before I came on, it was kind of just like mayhem of tangents going every which way. Right. You know, three, four hour calls. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty yeah. easy to dive in, dive down the rabbit hole. But, uh, but yeah, what else you guys got for me? Anything? Can we can we talk about how you got into, you know, the coffee? Yeah, absolutely. In a world like yeah, so like, um, and do you have any? Do you one, have right? any partners? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the way that Mortos Coffee was started, we started as Mortos Roasters. Uh, we were. Basically, me and my um, partner, Doug, um, that you guys can see on our about page, um, we started talking about shitty coffee at the firehouse. And the reason that it got brought up is because I was telling him we were over drinking a beer and Doug's uh, first first uh, job out of college was uh, brewing beer and working at bre uh, breweries. 
and so we were drinking beer talking about different uh different issues and and coffee came up in the fire service and doug was like well i think i'm gonna go pick up a roaster and start roasting coffee and i was like let's do it and so he's so doug went over to mexico to tijuana in the industrial park area let's say that he said he was about to die where we can get into the story of muertos um and so he felt like he was going to die and uh, had a lot of trouble getting it across the border and um and but he finally got that roaster back across the border from mexico into california and back into our uh, our hometown in vacaville and we started roasting coffee at my parents house in the country out in the garage and that's initially how muertos coffee was started and so we started trial and airing by roasting coffee and figuring out um, obviously what to do and how to work the machine or the roaster and how to, you know, really perfect it. Cause roasting coffee is a science. It's absolutely not a, any person can do type thing. It takes experience. It takes figuring it out and learning and all that stuff. And so we had the opportunity to do that over a, you know, a period and Doug really had more experience in it than me already from prior uh, you know, working in breweries, but also um, he was roasting prior uh, to me even trying to roast and talking about coffee. So, but that's how Muertos Coffee was started. And so we decided that we get better coffee into fire stations. And then we started giving it to our family and our friends. And just Eli, okay, let's do that. <laughs> Bye. All right. How, uh, yeah. Okay. You were giving it to your, yeah. So the we, firehouse and then your friends. So we were giving, we were giving coffee to the, to our, to our firehouses and also to our friends and our family. And they they were like, you guys should run with this. This is great. You should start a business. And so me and Doug were like, let's do it. And so we decided to start a business. And the main thing for us was philanthropy and giving back and really using coffee as our platform uh, to be able to do so. Also was bringing better coffee into firehouses because I was really sick and tired of drinking shitty coffee at the firehouse. And so we've been able to do that by bringing better coffee to the firehouses or bringing b better quality product, better price. We're shipping it to the stations for free. We're taking care of the brothers and sister by donating back and really making a difference for the fire service, first responder community and the communities in which we serve. And so the way we got our name was Doug felt like he was going to die when he was over there. And we also have some other people that are part of our, uh, that are uh, of our company that have a Hispanic background. And so the Dia de los Muertos theme, the Day of the Dead, was something that really resonated with us and that we really enjoy uh, the Hispanic culture in general. And so we thought it would be great. And so we decided to run with it. And the logo, uh, Doug can show you guys someday, but he has the original logo uh, tatted on his arm, uh, which is really cool. I actually really love the original logo. And that's what um, brought this logo on because it's pretty close to the, to the original in a certain way. Um, and so, so that's how Muertos started and uh, Muertos Coffee's grown since, I mean, obviously uh, to, you know, really make a difference and, and really to be able to use coffee as our platform and really give back has been, you know, the most rewarding and fulfilling thing. And, and so we're excited to get better coffee into fire stations around the nation, as well as the first responder community and, um, and really, you know, give back. And so that's, that's pretty much majority of the story i mean if you got any questions shoot them off but uh but yeah. that's how it began again i was like how did the the whole name came about because um travis he actually is hispanic um you know he's got this huge mayan tattoo on his on his side um so i was like i was really excited for him to join us and uh but i i totally understand the family first aspect of it um and but i'm sure they both him and mike had plenty of questions and i'm like oh, do you guys have any questions for for eli and i finally got a little bit of background on the on why mike is gone um not joining us tonight but uh it was pretty interesting <laughs> let's just say the least never a dull moment with you guys uh, Eli, thanks so much for coming on. Um, uh, thanks, you know, for explaining your company and, and you know, how it started um, and then, you know, how it evolved into giving back to the community. Um, is there an Instagram name that, you know, people could follow, an email or, um, you know, website? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you can follow us at, uh, at Mortals Coffee Co. 
uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can also follow us uh, via our our, uh, our social pages there, and then our website's MortosCoffeeCo.com, and you can go and check out our about me and who we are and a little bit more backstory on our team and our crew and the people that we're working with and the foundations and associations and all sorts of different cool stuff. Um, and then for all the fire family and first responders out there, use the discount code fire family and get 20% off and get some, get some swag and some coffee and keep you guys filled and ready to go. So I appreciate you guys for having me on. And if you ever want to have me on again, I'd happy to jump on and, uh, and get going. Gosh. Oh yeah. He, he stole my closing. Um, you know, uh, every guest we have on, um, once you come on the show, you are part of the, the truck schmucks family. I just realized that like we completed like the coffee and claws with having Eli on right now. Oh shit. I forgot to put the, put the thing out. Yeah. There. <laughs> so that's my, uh, that's me. That's my can. That's my so, white call. So, uh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll isn't able to join us we put the uh, memoriam out for when she's not able to join us uh, <laughs> i'm there in spirit in claw spirit um and the whole coffee and claws thing is uh we were steph and justin um came up to maine for a vacation and uh, we went out to breakfast and this girl reaches down into her her backpack pulls out a white claw cracks it open and cheers herself to co it was diner coffee you should have had some of your coffee, Eli. That would have that would have solidified the trip a little bit better. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll get you guys down then. Probably by the time you come up again, I'll probably have like ten pounds sitting in my kitchen. <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm sold on it now. Egg. Also, um, that's awesome that there's that's awesome that there's a discount code. Um we'll definitely like make a post about that so everyone who can't spell Moitois um can click on the Instagram page, we'll put Spell up the website. <laughs> I struggled there, you call me. Um, and then we'll for remind sure. everyone of, of that discount code for sure, because that's that's pretty badass. Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, yeah. we'll chat soon. Absolutely, man. For sure. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>